We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Microsoft Teams is helping a bicycle company reinvent the way that they work. We make low-maintenance bicycles for everyday riders. Once the pandemic hit, we had nobody coming into the showroom. So we started doing virtual visits via Microsoft Teams. We're able to see two or threefold the amount of customers we used to be able to see. All of a sudden, we could open up our showroom to customers around the world. I really think it's going to set a standard for retail moving forward. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash Teams. everyone welcome to the rotowire nfl dfs podcast for nfl week four i am scott jenstead joined tonight again by vlad sedler if you could please rate or review the podcast we greatly appreciate that again if uh you download us on the on the dfs podcast on rotowire that's the way to uh subscribe to us and hear us every week you'll see uh you'll see a baseball podcast on there those will uh, obviously drop off this week and then You'll probably see some NBA podcasts jump on there at uh, in, in uh, mid-October, but we'll be on there NFL every week. Uh, Vlad, week four, how's everything going? I'm doing good, my man, Scotty J. Uh, it was a good week three, uh, profitable, um, not insanely, but uh, basically my cash games last week kind of carried me, um, you know, nothing really too crazy in, uh, in, in the tournaments. Um, I'm thinking this week I'm going to try to be a little bit more disciplined, trying to, you know, perhaps enter less of those. And, you know, we've had these discussions, you know, entering less of those sort of, you know, chasing a million dollars of super high top uh, top heavy payouts and really concentrating on some of these single entry contests, contests with less than a thousand people. You know, I'm not trying to spread myself too thin and, and, and really try to be a little bit more disciplined this week. That's uh, that's always a good thing. Uh, week three was weird for me. I, I had some really really good calls. You know, guys that we talked about that were you know kind of under owned and went off. But then I had you know I had too much Derek Carr. I had a lot of Jay Ajayi and uh, Kelvin Benjamin getting hurt just killed me. I mean, it's uh, I think he would have had a good game against the Saints. Losing a guy like that uh, that early really really stings a lineup. Yeah, it was it was tough. And you know, in that Washington side of the game, I think I got lucky. I just uh, you know I didn't want to spend the extra money on for Carr. Uh, ended up going with Cousins. Uh, just kind of really liked that side of the ball. Uh, but yeah, Jay Ajayi, man, I was uh, almost all in. And 
and, uh, and and I know that I told you this, and, and I even actually uh, tweeted about it. I I, uh, I didn't make it uh, or didn't wake up in time for the deadline, uh, the 10 a.m. Pacific <laughs> Coast deadline, for the first time ever. You know, it was just a birthday party the night before. Uh, you know, didn't didn't get uh, you know too heavy heavily hammered, but basically set my alarm for a Monday morning instead of Sunday. Uh, you know, small little error, so I had a ton of duplicate lineups with a Jai in them. Um, a lot of them in the cash lineup, so they didn't do well in the tournaments. Cash worked out, but yeah, man, uh, we, we should have basically just gone all in on Kareem the Dream Hunt. Yeah, no doubt there. And I mean, we we on the plus side, we had a couple receivers, Brandon Cooks and T. Y. Hilton, that uh, we both mentioned and both liked, and uh, they broke out in big ways. Uh, Hilton was a kind of the the low percentage sneaky guy, but Brandon Cooks we both really loved. Um, he went off uh, in that game. You know, Houston sticking around in that game really helped him out, but he looked great. He's getting a lot of deep passes. Uh, you know, Brady and him are finally starting to click. Yeah, I mean, th- those were good. And, uh, you know, I-, I was actually just before we started recording, was watching that New England game and just, man, I'm just so amazed. I know Brandon Cooks is fast, but just to, you know, just see him burn, you know, uh, defenders and secondary is just amazing. And, you know, Brady with his pinpoint accuracy, I think that's a match made in heaven. Hopefully he earns that uh, late first round season long value. Um, Hilton, you know, obviously we mentioned on the pod last week, uh, I started liking him more as the week went on. Uh, and so I think part of the success I had last week was just, you know, really mixing in well between Cooks, Hilton and, and a lot of DJX, uh, Deshaun Jackson last week um, and then heavy with uh, A.J. Green and Cash. So uh, definitely a mixed week. I think week four should be better for us, hopefully. I had to laugh when the during the Jets Miami game. You're late on the pod. Robbie Anderson, a long touchdown call uh, came out of nowhere. That was uh, <laughs> that was quite the gem. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, I'm not really going to take credit for that one. Um, you know, he was actually limited in practice all week, but uh, uh, it kind of made sense that um, that this Jermaine Curse early season domination would eventually sort of uh, balance out because I do think that Anderson is the more dynamic receiver. Of course, he's not the possession guy. Uh, but I think there are going to be spots this year where a guy like Robbie Anderson is solid as a you know GPP type of splash play, uh, especially with the Jets uh, in a lot of game scripts where they might be needed to be playing from behind. Yeah, I hear you there. That was a, that was a nice call. So let's move on to uh, let's move on to Week Four. Got a lot of games to cover. Um, just a note: we won't be covering the Thursday night game, which is Green Bay and Chicago. There's also another London game that's not on the main slate. It's too bad because that's a Saints game. You know, always love the Saints uh, in, in DFS. They're playing the Dolphins. And then Monday night, Washington and KC, the, the highest over-under of the game, uh, highest over-unders of the week are those two games. So we've got uh, got some lower over-unders. Let's start in uh, the home of the champs, uh, Carolina traveling to New England. New England's an eight-and-a-half-point favorite, over-unders 47-and-a-half. Um, start with the Carolina side of the ball. Uh, I'm pretty much done with Cam Newton for right now. Yeah, I mean, you know, w- it's tough because you know Kelvin Benjamin is prob- is uh, questionable. Not sure if he's going to be playing in this game. Um, I really don't have too much interest in Cam outside of a you know perhaps like a, a GPP play to be honest. Because even though they're facing a uh, New England team a defense that's allowing the league worst 331 passing yards per game and 9.1 yards per attempt. Um, you know, Cam just, you know, he doesn't have, he may not have his main weapon, um, just been, you know, horribly inaccurate. And, uh, you know, if, if he goes off and beats me, so be it. It's just not somebody I'm necessarily interested in this week. Yeah. I mean, the matchup's great. Uh, New England's the only team to allow 300 yards or more in all three of their games. But I mean, Cam sucked against the Saints. Like at some point, uh, I don't think the matchup's going to matter for me with Cam. Too many quarterbacks I want to play, but uh, his running back, Christian McCaffrey, we talked about him a bunch last week, came through pretty nice. 
Uh, hit 101 receiving yards. He was kind of their go-to weapon once Benjamin went out. Um, Devin Funches had 10 targets also, but McCaffrey is—they're feeding him, and uh, you know maybe maybe it works, maybe it doesn't, but they're just doing it. Uh, could be a good game script for him if they get behind New England. Got to think he's going to catch a lot of balls out of the backfield. Dante Hightower is going to be out again for New England. Um, New England's getting killed by backs out of the backfield. Uh, Kareem Hunt killed them week one. We all remember that game. Um, Dante Foreman had 65 yards receiving last week. Alvin Kamara had 51 the week before that. I think it's another week where uh, where McCaffrey kind of eats out of the backfield, but mostly in the receiving game. Yeah, it works. And I think at some point we're going to want to see uh, some of those touchdowns. Obviously, last game he did come through. And I know, Scotty, you recommended him. That that was great and it worked out, earned value. Um, so, yeah, I do have some mild uh, interest in McCaffrey this week. I don't think I'm going to be going too heavy on the Carolina side. Um, I think the only one other guy that interests me is Devin Funches, uh, simply because he's going to get targeted. Um, you know, 5,400 is dirt cheap on FanDuel. And, uh, you know, last week he was peppered with 10 targets, only caught four of those balls. But, uh, you know, he's a, a big weapon there in the end zone. If, uh, if Cam can actually hit him, might get into the end zone this week. Yeah, both guys for me are, are more plays on full PPR. You know, FanDuel is only half-point PPR, and they do sponsor the podcast, so we, we talk about that mostly. Uh, but on a full PPR, I like McCaffrey a lot. Got to think he's going to catch, you know, six, seven, eight balls again. So uh, I, I'd like full PPR to play both those guys. I think I think Funches had a, has a pretty good floor if Benjamin doesn't play in a full PPR just because he's going to have to get a lot of targets. Yeah, and um, on New England side of the ball, I mean, obviously Tom Brady has been an absolute monster uh, in his last two outings, eight total passing touchdown to pass touchdowns, and the only quarterback with over a thousand yards already on the young season. Uh, so for me, the only issue is, uh, and especially going after last week's game, you're going to see uh, heavy Brady ownership. My main issue is the price. He's ninety five hundred, which is fifteen hundred more than the next priciest quarterback, which is Matt Ryan. Um, what do you think about the situation? I mean, you're really going to need something like a 300-yard, three-touchdown type of game. And what if it's one of those situations where Gillisley, uh, who no one is going to be on after um, you know last week's disappointing game, um, you know maybe he vultures a couple there. Remember after week one when Tom Brady was finally too old and wasn't going to be good anymore? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, the, the problem with Brady, like you said, is the price. I mean, 9500 at quarterback – you're just kind of that takes you out of uh, you know owning a big receiver or a big uh, running back. It's really hard to it's really hard to uh, come up with a lineup I really like with a $9,500 quarterback, uh, especially when you drop so much further down to the rest of the field. And he just gotta he not only has to be good, but he has to he has to be better than everybody else at that price. I don't think I'm gonna have a lot of him. Maybe some GPP games where I'm gonna try to put him and um, either Cooks or Hogan together and kind of hope that they. Uh, that, you know, hope that Carolina stays in the game a little bit. But my concern on this at 9,500 might be the game script. If they get up a bunch in the second half, you might see a lot of uh, a lot of running the ball. Absolutely. And then on the uh, the receiver side, um, I do think that Brandon Cooks and Chris Hogan, um, Hogan, another great game last week, uh, have a bit, bit better matchups with the cornerbacks there, uh, Worley and Bradbury. Uh, I was actually going to call Worley Vance, the, uh, the the old school pitcher with the goggles, but uh, oh god, yeah, don't, I mean, don't I do think, that. He's he's blown up blown up on me too many times in baseball. Yeah, that's on the crossover podcast. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I think they have a little better matchups uh, than Amendola, for example, who who will be up against uh, slot corner Captain Munnerlin. Um, but I think the guy that I might actually be most interested in, and this is probably for tournaments only because he is so expensive, is Gronkowski, uh, who's seen nine targets um, at least in each of his last two games. Um, again, the concern here is the price. 
Um, you are hoping for the uh, essential nut spot with Gronk and Brady, uh, paying up 9500 and 8500 for those two. So essentially you're looking for 100 yards and a touchdown at minimum. Um, so I think if you're going with that combo, probably something a little bit more reserved for GPPs. Yeah, I mean, and, and tight ends are kind of falling by the wayside as we speak. They seem to get hurt every week, and uh, Gronkowski is is clearly the elite guy right now. Travis Kelsey's not on this slate, so uh, you know Gronk's the guy to go to. Eighty five hundred is really expensive, but you know if he scores twice, uh, you know suddenly he's easily going to be smoking other tight ends. I think my favorite play in New England's probably Chris Hogan. Really quiet week one, but then twelve targets the last two weeks, caught nine balls, one hundred forty six yards, three touchdowns. Could have had a, he had two touchdowns last week. Could have had a third, but just missed one. Um, he's only sixty nine hundred. I was surprised he didn't, didn't get bumped up more. You know, it's hard to play defense against these guys. So much tension has to go to Gronk. You got a double Gronk. Now you got a double Cooks. You got James White and Deion Lewis out of the backfield. I just think Hogan's one of those guys that you can't double him. There's just too many other options, and he just kind of runs free. Yeah, and I think at the end of the day, and just sort of put a bow on this game, uh, you know, if you do want to pay up for Tom Brady and you and you think the game script, uh, you know, st- goes in a way where Carolina sort of hangs in this game, you think he's going to get those, uh, you know, three-plus touchdown passes, you can always go uh, Brady naked, so to speak. So where you're just playing Tom Brady as your cash game quarterback, um, you know, filling out the rest of your lineup where you're at least having some exposure to his touchdown passes, but aren't trying to guess who who are going to be the recipients. And then you hope he throws them all to Dwayne Allen. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Perfect uh, segue for the Rams and Dallas game, right? Yeah. Next, uh, n- next game on the on the slate. Uh, the uh, the Rams heading to uh, Jerry World to face the Cowboys. Cowboys are favored by eight and a half. Over under forty six and a half. So one of the better over unders for this slate. Um, starting on the visiting side of the ball, Jared Goff looked really good against the Niners last Thursday night. Um, granted, the Niners' defense is, is is not good, and that game kind of got into a shootout uh, format. But, you know, Dallas allowed 325 yards to Carson Palmer the week, last week, and then four touchdowns to Trevi Simeon the week before that. Are you even thinking about uh, jumping on Jared Goff at all at 7,200? I don't think so. I, I just, uh, you know, obviously he looked amazing uh, last week. And, and to me, this just looks like a, a tough spot for him. Yes, they've had some extra days to uh, prepare and rest after that Thursday matchup. Uh, but going into Dallas um, against this team, you know, I think it's a, it's a, it's a, a potential letdown spot for him. Um, I probably am not going to have too much exposure to the Rams side uh, of the ball in this one. Um, you know, he, Goff probably isn't a horrible sec, uh, tournament play simply because, uh, you know, I'm just not very impressed with Cowboys uh, secondary. I mean, Orlando Skandrick has been repeatedly beat. They've got some injuries back there. And so, um, you know, it, it's a spot where potentially we're looking at only GPP options, uh, possibly like a Sammy Watkins coming off that monster uh, five catch, 106 yard, two touchdown game. Um, and and he's, had, he's having the extra time to recoup from his concussion. Um, and the only other guy that is potentially interesting is Cooper Cup. Uh, who's been quiet the last couple of games? So sort of a little, you know, potential bounce back spot for him. Uh, dirt cheap at just fifty six hundred. Better on, um, you know, full PPR sites, of course. So what about uh, what about uh, two to three touchdowns a game, Mister Todd Gurley at eight thousand? Uh, I think that he's, uh, I think he's a fade for me this week. I'm a little bit worried. Um, I'm worried about the game flow as, a, as an eight and a half point underdog. Um, Gurley kind of thrives on volume and touchdowns, and those might be tough in this game. He's only at 3.8 yards a carry and 10.8 yards a catch. So while he's been fantastic fantasy-wise with the touchdowns, um, not quite as efficient as I thought he'd been. Um, Dallas has been really good versus the run the last two weeks uh, against Carolina the Giants. C.J. Anderson did do well against them in uh, in Week 2. Um, I think Gurley's a fade for me this week. A little scary based on how good he's been, but I think I'm going against a trend on Gurley this week. 
Yeah, and uh, I'm pretty much in the same spot with you. Not too interested in Gurley. Hope he helps out my uh, season-long teams. But as far as uh, the way I see this game going, and yes, it's great that he does catch some uh, some passes. Uh, that'll help. But um, again, I, I just think you know he's too expensive coming off that big game, um, and that's definitely reflected in his salary. And I think there are definitely other options in that range. You know, Le'Veon Bell, Zeke, even Devonte Freeman at home that could be in potential better spots than Gurley at close to the same price. So you mentioned uh, you mentioned Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, you know, just reading stuff online and reading stuff on Twitter, I think he's going to be pretty popular this week. Uh, you know, he, he may have another hearing this week. There's people talking about maybe this is his last game. Who knows what's going to happen with his legal stuff. But uh, I think it's one of those things that's going to be high percentage. I think it's going to be a good game flow game for him. Time to time for him to get fed. Uh, the Rams allowed two touchdowns to Carlos Hyde last week. They allowed two touchdowns, 78 yards, two touchdowns to Chris Thompson the week before, and 78 yards to Rob Kelly and Samaj P. Ryan. Uh, the Rams just been kind of getting killed on the ground. I think everybody's going to be on Zeke. I'm just a little bit worried about the way he looks, though. Three of his 55 carries have gone for 10 yards or more. Really, you know, low for him. He was way higher than that last year. It's like 5% of his carries or something like that. Um, what are you doing with Zeke? I mean, I know he's going to be popular. Are you uh, are you thinking you're going to have uh, a lot of him, a little of him? Where, do you, where are you going to go with him? I think the bit, the most important question this week for me and as far as salary construction goes is, is Zeke for, for cash game lineups is, you know, is, is he the better play over Le'Veon Bell this week? Um, and you mentioned that he hasn't been looking like his usual spry self, uh, you know, but, you know, the high 8.5 spread implies, you know, perhaps the Dallas will be running the ball a lot uh, in the second half. Um, Rams defense is on paper rather stout, but like you mentioned, I mean, they're, they've given up a league high six rushing t- touchdowns through the first three weeks. Um, but yeah, I think one of those spots in, in cash, I think you can go Zeke. I think in tournaments, um, you know, definitely a spot that you can potentially fade. But I think the way this game goes, this might be a, a really nice spot for Ezekiel Elliott. So what about uh, what about Des Bryant? He's down to 7,800. Only only two catches last week. Did score, did score a touchdown. Um he scored the last two weeks. Actually, it, his his uh, his script kind of coming into season long leagues was that you know he faced all these really good cornerbacks early in the season. He finally is at a point where he's not going to face an elite shutdown corner. Uh, my only concern with Dez is probably game script. You know, if they get ahead, maybe they don't throw. Uh, what do you think about Dez this week? So one of my favorite guys. Uh, absolutely no secret how much I love Des Bryant. Targeted him in my high stakes drafts, and I, I think the one thing that people forget is is um, he's only 28 years old. I mean, people are probably thinking that he's a you know guy in his in his early 30s with you know how long he's been around in the league, um, you know, always having to deal with injury injuries. But when he's healthy, he's a top five receiver. Uh, I think after these three tough matchups to start the year, this is a really nice one for Des Bryant. Um, Hoping that he probably hoping that he lines up a little bit more with uh, Tremaine Johnson uh, as opposed to Nickel Roby Coleman, um, you know, because I don't think Tremaine Johnson really has a prayer guarding him. Right. Um, the main concern, you know, the main concern for me really here is uh, is game flow and also the pace of the game. Um, this could really be a game where uh, Dallas is just you know, just sort of grinding it with Zeke and, and actually had a little, uh, had a little Des agreement with, uh, with Michael Rathburn uh, <laughs> of Rotowire, one of the studs, uh, stud writers over there. Um, you know, basically Des's flow is, it, it, his floor is really low specifically in, in this matchup. Um, but I think just because, you know, I just have my, my man crush on him. Uh, I think there's always a spot where he could do his damage early or, you know, or hit a big one. He's, you know, a, a, an opportunity for him to be unleashed, so to speak. 
Yeah, my only my other play that I like in this matchup is actually the Dallas defense at only 4,500. Uh, they had six la- sacks last week on Monday night against uh, Carson Palmer. You know, Demarcus Lawrence is a beast. He is uh, he's clearly made his case as one of the best defensive uh, defensive rushers so far this year. Uh, he's a monster. Kind of one of those good game scripts though. Home a home team, a favored team versus a quarterback that you know sometimes can uh, can can make some mistakes. As we've seen Jared Goff, he hasn't done a lot this year, but we saw it a lot last year. You know, I don't consider him you know a lock to not make some mistakes quite yet. Um, Dallas defense is one of my favorite plays, and I don't know how high percent they will be um, against against the Rams who have scored forty points in two of their three games. Hey, I, I did some uh, some some free agent bidding on Dallas defense. Uh earlier today so i guess that's good good sign i like it we'll see yeah i think to sum up uh you know for this game we're going to see ezekiel elliott uh somewhat chalky and as a cash game play des bryant a little bit more uh reserved for gpps Gurley, pretty much a fade for us i don't think too much interest in witten and beasley and uh you know watkins and cup as potential uh, tournament plays as well yeah, I mean, the, the one thing with Cup is that Dallas has struggled against slot receivers. You saw what uh, Larry Fitzgerald did on Monday night. Um, Emmanuel Sanders had 82 yards and two touchdowns uh, when they played Denver. So, uh, yeah, Cup at 5,600, a uh, little bit of a GPP flyer with, uh, you know, hopefully if they get behind, maybe they just start to feed him and he racks up the catches. Detroit and Minnesota. Am I guessing correctly? Is that what's next for us? That is next. Uh, there's no line in this game, similar to the to the Vikings last week. Uh, Bradford is questionable, so uh, no no Vegas line in this game uh, until we uh, figure out if Sam's going to play. I don't think he's going to. He didn't practice today. Got to think that he's probably not going to get out there if he's not practicing as of Wednesday. Um, starting with Detroit, um, Matthew Stafford. I'm off this week. Uh, you know, a road game against the Minnesota D is probably just a pass for me at 7700. The guy who's interesting to me on the Detroit offense is Golden Tate. Um, you know, he's playing a lot in the slot. I think he's like 85% of his snaps are in the slot so far this year. So he'll get moved around. He'll avoid Xavier Rhodes, which is kind of the one thing you want to do when you play the Vikings, get a lot of Terrence, Terrence Newman, which is a good thing. Uh, the Vikings have allowed a ton of receiving yards, 644 yards to wide receivers, which leads the league. Um, you know, last week, D-Jack had 84. Uh, Adam Humphreys had 68. Mike Evans had 67. The week before, Martavis had 91, Antonio Brown had 62. So receivers are really eating against them, um, especially the guys that aren't being guarded by Xavier Rose. I think Golden Tate's a good a good play this week for, to get a lot of volume. Golden Tate, uh, got him highlighted as well, and he could be a little pissed off after um, last week getting robbed at the end of last game for uh, for what looked like a touchdown. Oh, what a joke and, yeah, that the, was. <laughs> and the matchup is nice too. I mean, you know, Terrence Newman – He's obviously pretty spry for a 39-year-old, but but you know still this is a this is a young man's league. Uh, I think Golden Tate does see 10 plus targets in this one, which would be the third time in four games for him. And so you know on this side of the ball, I am not too interested in Stafford. Not really uh, interested in the running attack of Abdullah or Riddick either. Um, and then just the one other guy that I do like, uh, I'm going to save for the end when we go over the positions. So when you talk to talk to your friends about me, do you say that I'm pretty spry for a 42-year-old? Uh, yes, although I, I told them that you're 30, 37. There we go. That's it. My Hollywood age is definitely 37. <laughs> uh, so on the Minnesota side, you know, obviously it's tough not knowing what Bradford's doing, but uh, the guy I want to talk about is Dalvin Cook. Um, he just looks awesome right now. He's one of those guys that's passing the stat test and the eye test. Played 54 snaps last week, had 27 carries um, and five catches. Um, home game could be a good script for him. You know, who knows what's going to happen with, with Keenum or Bradford. But Keenum looked pretty good last week. You know, he fed Stephon Diggs. They they got out to a lead. 
Uh, Devontae Freeman had t- t- uh, 106 yards and a touchdown against the Lions last week, so they can be run on, even though they were pretty good early on. Um, Dalvin Cook, still at 7,500. Got to like that price. It's really good, and I think he's going uh, to be popular this week as well, uh, especially too. at home. Yeah, I mean, he's looked everything as advertised so far. Um, you know, tar- he's even involved in the passing game and targeted 13 times over the last, you know, over, over, over these past three games. And, uh, you know, the, the Lions D has been sus- susceptible in that regard. They've allowed 21 receptions and over 200 yards to running backs so far. So I do like Dalvin Cook, uh, definitely someone that is highlighted for me. Uh, as far as the rest of the offense is concerned, um, you know, I don't really think we're going to see Sam Bradford in this one. Uh, surely was impressive uh, watching Case Keenum shred the Bucks last week, uh, but I don't think that's going to be the case again this week. Um, you know, last year's sort of bum slot cornerback, uh, Quandre Diggs, has actually looked pretty good so far this year. And uh, and then you've got Darius Slay, who's been one of the best shutdown corners in the league, did an okay job with Julio holding him to just uh, – he did get over 90 yards, but held him to seven receptions and 12 targets. And Slay is going to shadow uh, football's best receiver right now, and that's Stefan Diggs. So I think it's going to be a, a very interesting matchup, uh, definitely something I'm looking forward to. I do think Slay limits Diggs' upside a little bit, but it's hard um, to not at least consider him because of how dynamic and how awesome he is. Yeah, especially his price hasn't really gone up. He's still at 7200 uh, But the Lions haven't allowed a 100-yard receiver yet this year or, or a 300-yard quarterback. I think I'm probably going elsewhere. There's a couple of receivers in that range that I, I like more that we will get to. Uh, moving on to the next game, we have the Tennessee oh, Titans. Oh, oh, you got someone else? Sorry, but hold sorry. on. Oh, my no, bad. But, no, but go, go. we forgot about Adam Thielen. Oh, yeah. We're, you know, he's dealing with Quandry Diggs in the slot, and I just wanted to say is I think that the uh, Lions might need to switch things up just to get us that Diggs on Diggs matchup. That's all I had to say. <laughs> we had to go back just for Diggs on Diggs, didn't we? <laughs> Uh, you were saying Tennessee is at Houston, uh, Tennessee, a two point favorite on the road, pretty low over under over under for this game at 44. Um, starting on the Tennessee side of the ball, we'll start with Carter quarterback, Marcus Mariota. Um, the Houston pass D was thrashed last week. Granted it was Tom Brady, but 378 yards, five touchdowns. Um, Kevin Johnson, their cornerback being injured is really hurting them. Um, what do you think about Mariota? You know, I watched a lot of the game last week and they obviously ran a lot, uh, to win the game against the Seahawks. Um, uh, Mariota's struggling a little bit. He hasn't topped two TDs yet. He hasn't topped 260 yards passing yet. I kind of feel like he might need a big uh, big rushing day to come through in this one. It, it, Mar- Mariota is, you know, it, it, just looking at this matchup and you see at Houston, and it's hard to break old habits as we did, you know, through through last year and really not targeting, um, you know, really many offensive players against Houston, especially when they are at home. But this could be one of those spots that we may not want to overlook. Um, it is worth noting that Tennessee is a very rush, uh, run-heavy offense, despite having a quarterback in Mariota who's, you know, been absolutely uh, amazing in the red zone and, and so efficient with his passes. You know, has great weapons there in, in, in Decker, even though he hasn't done much this year. He's seen at least five targets in every game. And Rashard Matthews is in the mix. He's only six thousand on Fanduel. Um, last last week caught six of ten targets for 87 yards and a touchdown so you know really like this team like this offense the over under is nothing special 44 but i do expect this to be a close game i do think we need to uh not throw mariota out of uh consideration altogether i love uh love love richard matthews this week at six thousand. One one of my favorite wide receiver plays um, 24 targets through three weeks. Marietta always looks to him. Uh, I really like what he could do. I think 6000 is way underpriced for him this week. 
I like it. I'm on board. On uh, on Houston's side of the ball, what do you think about uh, DeAndre Hopkins is going to be most likely pretty chalky, right? I mean, he leads the world in targets with 37, uh, even though he's only caught slightly, you know, a little more than half of them. Just a monster 40% target share through the first three weeks and an absolutely perfect matchup against this uh, Tennessee secondary that apparently looks to be their biggest weakness. I mean, they gave up 10 catches for 105 yards to Baldwin last week. Uh, Alan Hearns and Marquise Lee combined for 160 yards on 13 catches the week prior. Um, and though Crabtree and Cooper didn't get all that crazy in week one, they were targeted a whopping 20 times. Uh, I do think the, this is a potential spot for uh, for Hopkins to eat again. Uh, everyone is on board for it. But what I think what it does is potentially offer us an opportunity to maybe go back uh, and, and consider Deshaun Watson, who looked really good and confident last week against the Patriots. Yeah, Watson did look really good. I was surprised by how good he looked in that game and, and throwing the ball. You know, we knew he could run, but the way he gets, uh, you know, gets out of situations and out of sacks is really impressive. Um, the guy that I kind of like in this in this offense is a really super sneaky, low percentage play is tight end Ryan Griffin. He had seven targets last week, caught five of them, played 80% of the snaps. CJ Federovitz is out, is out. So, you know, Ryan Griffin's the guy at 4,500, you know, this could be one of those spots where you can get him and pay up for Brady or Gronk. Um, so one of those, one of those players that, you know, tight end's been tough. Obviously can't play Gronk and Griffin at the same time, unless you're playing uh, with a flex, but one of those spots with Griffin at 4,500, you might be able to save some money there and kind of play up everywhere else. Sorry, man. I, I'm, I'm still stuck on how fabulous your pronunciation on, of uh, Fedorovich was. That's, that, that's great. It's, uh, it, flowed off, it flowed and, off the tongue really well. It felt good. Just, it just came out well. Uh, yeah, I mean, Ryan Griffin, I, I was just watching the game, like I said, saw that, you know, saw that uh, touchdown again. Uh, yeah, he's in play. I mean, there, this is a place where if you're not wanting to pay up a tight end this week, there are a ton of options. And really digging in, finding those right guys, I think we're going to go over some as we go through these games, is, you know, find a couple of those guys and just sort of take a stand on them. You know, hope, hope this is the week that your guy goes off. You don't really want to have a, a position where if you have a lot of tournament teams where you've sprinkled, you know, 10 different tight ends there, just kind of hoping to catch something. Think it's important to make a stand. Maybe if Griffin is your guy, then you do that. So on the other side of the ball, uh, the other tight end, Delaney Walker is only 6,500. Um, 19 targets through three weeks. Uh, did not do much against the tough Seattle defense. Their, their safeties are really good, hard for tight ends against them. But he's one of those guys. He's a main focal point in their offense. Him and Richard Matthews get a lot of targets. He missed practice today with a hamstring. He says he's fine. Uh, is, is this a Delaney week for you at all? Not particularly keen on him. Uh, I, I do like him. I just, you know, the, I, I'm not crazy about the matchup for him this week. And uh, if I if, if I was to ha- target somebody on this offense to go with Mariota in a tournament, probably would be Richard Matthews for me. All right. Before we get to our next game, a quick note from our sponsor, FanDuel. Fantasy football facts. Fans, the wait is over. Football is back. We're in week four, which means FanDuel is back. FanDuel is fantasy football for everyday fans. They have new starting con- new contests starting every week. No busted seasons coming from you. Uh, we get a new lineup every week. Something for everyone. Lots of contests to choose from. You can start at $1, go all the way up to $1,000 and more if you want to play for that much. Just pick a contest, choose your team, and watch your score in real time. Uh, makes the games a lot more exciting if you are uh, if you don't have any players in your season-long league. In the Sunday night game, it's a lot of fun to watch those games and you know kind of ke- catch, catch up and creep up the standings as, uh, as you start to pass people. Over 2.5 million players have won a cash prize playing on FanDuel. Take advantage of the special offer for new users. Sign up today at fanduel.com slash RW. That's RW. 
you will get a, a free six-month RotoWire subscription plus a free entry into the NFL Sunday Million, which offers more than $1 million in cash prizes with your first deposit on FanDuel. Visit, visit FanDuel.com slash RW, void where prohibited. So, Vlad, we have to move to the ugly game here. Jacksonville at the Jets. Uh, Jacksonville minus four, over under of a putrid 39 and a half. Uh, this game's gross. Yeah, I mean, not too not too much interest for me on either side. Um, you know, and I think the line is set really well uh, at, at slightly under 40 points. And, you know, I think despite Ajayi getting shut down last game, uh, I still think Leonard Fournette is going to get reasonable ownership, probably somewhere in the, you know, low to mid-teens, 10 to 15 percent. You know, the Jags have been a a run-heavy team, top three in the league so far this year. And he's received the fifth most red zone rushes so far on this young season. So uh, I do think he's going to get some opportunities to uh, to get into the end zone. If I had to make a stand, I probably would go with Dalvin Cook over him. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it's a tough call. Not not too crazy about Jacksonville. My only other guy that Jacksonville I want to talk about is Marquise Lee at 6,200. He's kind of their wide receiver one right now with Allen Robinson out for the year. He had 19 targets the last two weeks. Uh, he was 7 for 76 last week and 4 for 65 the week before. Uh, the Jets gave up 76 yards and a late touchdown to Devontae Parker last week. Three touchdowns to uh, Michael Crabtree the week before that. I think if you're trying to uh, look for a, a low-percentage GPP guy, Marquise Lee at 6,200, not so cheap that uh, people are going to jump on him and you know expensive enough where he's going to be low percentage. But uh, he's got 19 targets last two weeks, kind of intriguing at 6,200. So my tendency is to usually go Marquise Lee over Hearns, and that's only because uh, prior to last season, before Marquise Lee's breakout season, uh, I flew on a plane next to his uncle, and he told me he was going to have a breakout season because he was finally healthy. And I'm thinking, like, hey, it's you know, it's his uncle, but you know, of course he's going to say that. But I ended up, you know, picking him up at 20th round in, in some leagues and, and held on and had a pretty good season. So Marquise Lee is my preference in general. But hey, this is, uh, you know, we're, we're picking teams. We're looking for the building lineups. We're looking for the best matchups. And Alan Hearns is really interesting. And I know that uh, he's probably going to garner more ownership this week simply because he's going to be covered by mediocre, mediocre slot man Buster Scrine. And I don't know if that's how you pronounce the name. I should probably check that before the podcast. But literally because he has a six-inch height advantage, and, and Buster just hasn't been all that good over his career. It's Buster Screen. Screen, okay. Got it. Yeah, my, I know for next time. My only problem with Hearns is I just I, I just don't like the targets as much as I like Marquise Lee's target. I mean, I know he had the touchdown last week, but only three targets, only 20 yards. Uh, it seems like Bortles is, is a little more uh, going with Marquise Lee as a security blanket. And I just like volume and targets when I'm looking for uh, looking for plays, especially at this price range. Um, I think I'd go Lee over Hearns despite the, uh, the Buster screen matchup. Okay, sounds good. Uh, should we do a, um, a, uh, a lunch bet? Uh, you take sure. Lee, I'll take Hearns. FanDuel yeah. scoring? If it's, yeah, FanDuel okay. scoring most points. If it's legal, then let's do it. Uh, if not, okay. then we're both fired. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. Uh, so uh, I'm, I'm passing on anybody from the Jets. I'm just going to skip them. Uh, nobody I want to pay up for in this game. You know, their, their implied total is like 16 in this game. Just nobody I want to play against this Jacksonville defense. The only person that is in consideration for me is Austin Safarian Jenkins uh, because he is minimum salary, 4500 on FanDuel. And uh, because the Jags do such a great job at covering the receivers, I think there's an opportunity for him to see five to six targets. 
Uh, again, not not minimum salary, but he's forty eight hundred, which is pretty close. Just fits in nicely if you want to go with that Brady Gronk type of GPP team. Uh, he did see six targets in his first game of the week last season after serving suspension for the first two games, and that's really all I have to say about the Jets today. How is Austin Safarian Jenkins still only twenty five years old? Is he? He's, Maybe he's he skipped in, a birthday. Born in ninety two. It seems like he's been around for ever. Uh, I know, man. Those suspensions are piling up. <laughs> so uh, moving on to a game that's uh, another low over-under, over-under of 40, the Bengals visiting Cleveland. I have a little more interest in this game than I do in Jacksonville, the Jets, so I, I think this one's going to go over. If I were a betting man, I would go the over on the 40 in this game. Um, Andy Dalton finally played a little bit better last week. Uh, he was 21-27 against uh, Green Bay, 212 yards, two touchdowns. But as, as much as everybody kind of was fired up that the Bengals broke out a little bit and played well against Green Bay – uh, they did nothing in the last, like, three quarters of that game. I think they had three points on offense in the last 47 minutes of the game. Um, no Tyler Eifert hurts. So kind of after that initial game script with the new offensive coordinator where they really kind of came out uh, came out buzzing against the Packers, their only touchdown uh, after that was the, was the pick six on A-Rod. I mean, yeah, on the Cincinnati side of the ball, I'm uh, mildly considering Andy Dalton. But, man, that offensive line is just so horrendous. And, you know, I, I don't necessarily think this is going to be one of those standard Cincinnati-Cleveland blowout games that we've seen over the last couple years. Uh, but, you know, he, he's been good against them. In, in, in these last four games over the last two years, a 9-0 to zero touchdown to interception ratio for Dalton. Uh, but he's only thrown for over 250 yards in three of those games as the Bengals have basically won by an average of 20 points. Um, I'm not seeing a 20-point blowout here. Uh, I think A.J. Green is a guy that's going to be heavily owned in cash again at only 8,000, um, going to be popular, and I don't mind going back to the well here with him. Yeah, the guy that I uh, I really like in this game is actually Joe Mixon at 5,600. Super cheap. Um, you know, they, they switch off its coordinators. It's a clear shift that they think Joe Mixon's the guy. He played 34 snaps last week, more than Jeremy Hill and Gio Bernard combined. He had 18 carries. He had three catches, 101 total yards. I think the game script could, could be pretty good for him. I think it's going to be a close game. I think they're going to use him a lot. Uh, the Cleveland run has been pretty efficient. They they really shut down Frank Gore last week. Uh, they owned Le'Veon Bell in week one, but that wasn't really you know Le'Veon Bell, I don't think. But uh, I think Mixon's underpriced. I think 5,600 might be the last time to get him super low now that he's really taking over that backfield. He's too cheap. I mean, 5,600, people have been waiting for the spot to play him. Um, you know, I, I think sometimes you just, you know, you look that gift horse in the mouth, you take it. Uh, so uh, I'm all about it. Uh, another guy that you might see a little bit more consideration for as a uh, sort of mil- milli- millionaire type of uh, splash play is Tyler Croft. Uh, probably mo- more so for the uh, full point PPR uh, game. But, you know, he is the guy that's going to be soaking up targets in the middle of the field with Tyler Eifert expecting to be out. Uh, you know, someone had four targets last Sunday. Just not somebody I'm super into. Just somebody I want to make sure that, that I mention. I also like the Cincinnati defense a lot in this game. They're only 4,600. They had six sacks against uh, Aaron Rodgers. Granted, Green Bay's offensive line is really struggling. But uh, Carl Lawson, rookie, really broke out. He had two and a half sacks. Um, really, really talented guy. And he he finally, uh, you know, made his, uh, uh, made his arrival on the scene. Uh, Cleveland's turned it over seven times the last two week, weeks. Deshaun Kaiser has looked good at times, but he's a little bit sloppy with the ball. Uh, a lot of interceptions. He has a couple fumbles also. Cleveland's given up 11 sacks in three weeks. The, a lot of those were week one where Kaiser was holding on the ball too long. But now instead of holding on the ball, he's getting rid of it quicker but making a couple bad decisions. So he's been really boomer bust. Some good plays to bad plays. I really like the chances for Cincinnati to uh, create some sacks, create some turnovers, and kind of rack up the FanDuel points this week. 
What about uh, Cleveland? Anyone there on that on that side of the, the ball that you're interested in? You know, not really for me. Uh, I, I'm going to pass on Deshaun Kaiser against the Cincinnati D. I know that A-Rod got his yards last week, but, uh, you know, it's Aaron Rodgers. They played really well against Deshaun Watson, who, you know, turned out to have a much better game against New England. They shut down Joe Flacco. Uh, there's just nobody on Cleveland right now that, that I want at that price. Uh, Kaiser's fun to watch, but not someone I want to pay for. Same with Isaiah Crowell. I just don't know enough what's up there. Uh, he's not, uh, not really uh, performing so far. So there's nobody on Cleveland that I'm really jumping on. The only thing, and the one guy that I will mention, if you do think that uh, that Cleveland uh, does stay competitive in this game, is is Isaiah Crowell, and it's just one of those super off the wall contrarian plays. Going to be like a you know one percent owned, uh, but just you know, and, and and because he's not necessarily that cheap, uh, dealing with a shoulder in- injury, uh, but should be good to go for the game. Uh, but last year in both blowouts against Cincy, he actually ran the ball really well despite limited carries. You go back and look at those uh, two box scores uh, on 22 carries in those two games combined. He basically ran for six yards a clip, 174 yards total. So uh, I think if, if they're going to get anywhere near the goal line, I think, you know, Crowell can punch one in this week. Not a huge upside play. Not someone I'm highly recommending, but. You know, hey, I, I love to kind of throw those out, um, and it's somebody that I will actually go in and, and throw in into one of my lineups. So it's not just something me trying to blow uh, blow some smoke up uh, up there. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, Thirty nine carries for Crow on the year, one hundred and fourteen rushing yards. That is abysmal. Yeah, it's uh, it's weird. Cause he's, a, he, he's a guy that I liked coming to this year too. He's just he's looked he's looked slow. He's looked bad. Their offensive line is not open up holes. Uh, it, it's a tough spot there. Absolutely. I agree with you. So moving on to a game that's a little more fun. We have the Steelers at the Ravens. Always a great, uh, great rivalry. Always a fun game. Uh, Pittsburgh's favored by three over under 44 and a half. Baltimore coming back off that abysmal performance in London where they just got smoked by the Jaguars. But, uh, you know, one of those London games, you kind of throw that out. You never know what's going to go with teams there. So Ben Roethlisberger, I think it's just kind of the point again, 7,800. I'm not paying up for road Ben. He struggles at Baltimore, nine touchdowns and 12 interceptions last nine games there. Um, He wasn't very good last week at Chicago, 235 yards, one touchdown. He did just miss a long touchdown to Martavis Bryant to open the game that might've changed the whole game. But um, I just don't think you pay up for road Ben. You know, I I think that it's 7,800 is just not for me. Yeah, I, I'm not interested in Ben. I, I saw a stat today. Uh, don't remember exactly what it was. Probably should have. But uh, how awful he is in terms of uh, hitting receivers that are actually open. Um, so, so far this year, it's just you know way below the average uh, rate of a quarterback. Um, hasn't looked good. Obviously not so good on the road as well. Uh, Antonio Brown is fully priced, the most expensive receiver uh, by a lot today uh, for, for the week four slate. And uh, interesting about Brown is is he's essentially been all but shut down by the Ravens historically, kind of like the only team. Um, so over the last three, uh, you know, from over the last three years, he's been held under 65 yards in four of those six games. And that's between 2013 to th- 2015. Last year was a little bit of a different story. He caught 18 of 22 targets uh, and had two touchdowns in both of those games, but was held under 100 yards in both. So. Uh, you know, anytime he's got that spot against Baltimore, um, I think it's tough. Obviously, we're not playing both Brown and Le'Veon Bell unless you think that offense goes absolutely nutty on the road and you're playing them both in a tournament. Um, if I'm going with somebody from this game at all, it's going to be Le'Veon Bell. So, I mean, I loved Bell last week. I talked about uh, him a lot on the podcast. I played him in a lot of lineups. 
I didn't think he looked great. You know, fantasy-wise, he did well, and that's kind of the that's kind of the kicker with with Bell is that he plays so many snaps, gets so much volume. He doesn't necessarily have to look great to pay off. He had 15 rushes for 61 yards, did score, but he had six catches for 37 yards. So he wasn't especially efficient. I didn't think he looked great. I don't still don't think he looks like the same guy. So I'm kind of up in the air on what to do with Bell right now. He's 8,600, so he's not as fully priced as normal, but I'm not seeing the same burst from Bell. I'm not seeing the same guy right now. But the volume's so big that it's hard to stay off him. So if, if you're building, say, just one FanDuel lineup, you're throwing it in cash in tournaments, and you're looking at Bell and Zeke, I mean, are you essentially sort of skipping that, that, that top end? I mean, are there guys that we're going to talk about later that you feel a little bit more comfortable with uh, in the mid-range where you'll sort of be paying up for receiver? Um, I like I like Zeke more than Bell this week. I think that uh, the game script really works well for him as, as a bigger favorite. Um, if I'm picking between the two guys, I'm probably uh, probably going Ezekiel Elliott over Bell this week. I just I don't love what I see, but it's just uh, you know they give him the ball so much that he kind of works out fantasy wise by the end. But um, I don't think he's fully there. I think I don't think that people are factoring the fact that skipping an entire training camp you know makes a difference. Absolutely, and I think on uh, Baltimore side of the ball, I mean I don't know. Is there anyone that intrigues you? Uh, I know you, you, uh, Mike Wallace has been absolutely horrendous no. on the quit, year. Quit, quit, man! Has, hasn't surpassed ten yards in any of his first three games. Uh, you know, did you say? Off did sh- you say ten yards? Oh yeah! Wow! I think I I believe I saw every one of his games. Uh, it, it, yeah, I'll have to look back, but yeah, I, I believe I no, saw you're right, under you're ten, right. like one or two, eight, seven, and six yards, one catch in each his first three games. That is unbelievable. Yeah, and wow. you know, at some point he'll get off the schneid. I know that it definitely has something to do with Flacco. I don't. I think Flacco returned a little too soon. I don't think he's a hundred percent with the back injury that he had in the preseason. Um, just not a lot that really intrigues me on Baltimore side of the ball. Uh, Buck Allen could probably work over on PPR sites. Uh, I mean, the only other thing I'll mention on Baltimore uh, that's worth noting is um, my boy, Nick Boyle, has actually been uh, receiving nearly the same amount of snaps as old man Ben Watson. Uh, Just something to keep in mind for the other two Nick Boyle uh, truthers in this world. Uh, Are there two other Nick Boyle truthers? I can confirm two, at least minimum. His uncle and his father? Uh, No, I know uh, sieges. We know that. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I just don't think Boyle gets enough targets. I mean, when they throw the ball, they, they should go to Ben Watson. Uh, I'm not sure that Mike Wallace is going to turn around. He's 31 years old. Uh, you know, maybe uh, maybe he's uh, hitting that wall. I don't know. It's uh, He had 1,000 yards last year. He was really good last year, and he's just dead right now. Man, uh, I don't know. It's interesting. I, I think for this game, uh, for the most part, you know, I mean, these games are, I mean, what's more realistic? We're talking about like a, you know, 20 to 17, 2014 type of game. Much always, more always, so realistic. Always, always with these two teams. Always. Yeah, exactly. And so I think just in general, we're just not, it's not a game that we're necessarily looking to pound, um, especially in cash. If you really love Le'Veon, you think uh, he's going to go off. I mean, he has done well uh, historically uh, against the Ravens, um, you know, averaging six yards a carry in both of his games against them last year or two of the uh, two of the three games over the last two years. Um, So, you know, we're just not going heavy on this one. So we'll move on to the next game. Uh, Buffalo heading to the wonderful new building in Atlanta to face the Falcons. Falcons are favored by eight and a half. Nice over under in this game. Finally, good to see some high numbers. Forty eight and a half in this one. Um, start with the uh, start with the underdogs, the Bills. Um, Tyrod Taylor, seventy one hundred. Um, one of those games that the game script might be good for him if they're trailing the second half. And he might be running and passing a lot. I just wish he had more weapons. 
Tyrod? Yes. Yes. Uh, I, I, he's a little sneaky for me today. Uh, I, I kind of like him. Uh, talk about him later when we, we're going over our um, individual plays at the end of the show. Uh, you know, the, the one guy that I, don't, I wouldn't mind considering pairing him up with in a tournament, and I think he's uh, due for a little something, is Jordan Matthews. Um, he's just got a nice matchup against Brian Poole in the slot. Uh, Matthews and, and rookie Zay Jones have had nearly the same amount of targets uh, through the first three games. Uh, but Zay Jones's yardage totals over those three games, 18, 21, and zero. Meanwhile, Jordan Matthews has had two games of, uh, of 60 plus yards. And so, um, you know, I, I don't necessarily have to pair them up, but I, I think um, if I'm building some tournament teams, I want to have some exposure to Tyrod. Um, most interesting to me is LaShawn McCoy. Uh, he is hype, he is up there salary wise. Um, but it's a it's a nice matchup against Atlanta. Uh, you know these Falcons um, have allowed nearly nine receptions and almost seventy five receiving yards a game to opposing running backs over the first three games. Uh, the you know the the field turf there is very conducive for McCoy to run on. Uh, he's a much better runner indoors. Um, just a really good situation for him and, and somebody I'm considering um, hoping for hoping that a blowout doesn't occur. Yeah, I think that uh, if they get down in the second half, he could just catch a lot of checkdown passes. My only concern with McCoy is that just been horrible running the ball the last two games. 12 carries for 9 yards, 14 for 21. That was the Panthers and Broncos, though, so that, that, that definitely matters. His offensive line is killing him, though. His uh, his yards before contact is really low. He's just getting hit right away. Yeah. But, um, you know, a ton of like you said, a ton of targets. They don't have a lot of weapons. He has 20 targets already as a, as a, as a running back out of the backfield, a ton through three games. And like you said, the Atlanta D shut down the run, but a ton of uh, ton of work to guys out of the backfield. Uh, if they get down, he could be a really interesting GPP guy at the price because he won't be high percent. And, uh, you know, if those catches rack up, he could be really interesting. And on Atlanta's side of the ball, I mean, how how interested are you? I mean, like, do you think Buffalo's first three weeks of, of being pretty stout defensively uh, sort of limits upside of Ryan and Julio and all those guys? I mean, you know, the 37 points that, that Buffalo's allowed that through the first three games is the lowest total in the league. Uh, tied with Miami. Miami's only played two games, right? Um, and they've allowed basically, you know, no passing touchdowns yet this year, so it, it, yep. it's an interesting spot. Obviously, there's going to be a passing touchdown in this game, I think. But uh, but, but how do you think it limits their upside? Uh, I don't think it does. I love Atlanta at home. I also think that uh, you know the Buffalo numbers are interesting, but they face John Josh McCown, who doesn't count. They face Cam Newton, mm-hmm. who can't throw the ball um, three yards. Christian McCaffrey for a touchdown in that game, and they face Trevor Simeon at home. And uh, you know Simeon really struggled last week on the road. I thought he looked bad. Um, he looked so good the week before, but through through two interceptions, was really rushing stuff, making really ill advised throws. I think Matt Ryan is is an interesting guy in the spot. He is eight thousand. He's uh, so he's second highest behind Brady. Uh, my only concern with Ryan is that they get up and start running the ball only in the second half. Uh, but Ryan's been great. Two hundred ninety yards per game. Completed sixty nine percent of his passes. I think this is a really good spot for him and for Julio Jones, who I think finally scores this week. And then what about Devonta Freeman? Because obviously he's priced up there. Uh, he is at home where he does have the the, the strong splits and. You know, obviously he's the the, the third highest priced guy there. Um, you know, actually tied for second with uh, Ezekiel Elliott. So, um, any any consideration where you know if if you're playing one lineup, would he be the guy over Bell and Elliott, or is it still Zeke over both? 
I think it's Zeke, but uh, I mean, I tell you what, Devontae Freeman is really good. I like watching this guy play. He gets a ton of work in the red zone. They use Tevin Coleman a lot, but they use Tevin Coleman more to get out in space, kind of a change of pace. You know, Freeman's definitely the number one guy there. You know, he has four touchdowns already, had 160, 106 yards and a touchdown last week. Um, a little bit of a tough matchup. The Buffalo run D is pretty good, but, you know, could be a really nice game script at home. Uh, I like Freeman in the second half. I like Ryan and Julio in the first half. And I'm just hoping that Buffalo maybe can sneak in 14 to 17 points and keep Julio eating the second half this week. Do you think this is a game that uh, potentially, if you're if you're building a, a game stack, is this one of these games that you think could potentially shoot out? Uh, I don't know if it's going to be a shootout. I don't know if Buffalo has enough weapons to do that. Um, I think that uh, I think Ryan and Julio are going to be really good. Um, Julio had 12 targets last week, seven catches for 91 yards against a tough Lions secondary. He's been really good, but he hasn't scored. You just kind of feel that monster game coming. Uh, again, my only concern is they get ahead. And, uh, you know, Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders didn't score last week against the Buffalo D, but they still had 173 yards. Benjamin and Funches didn't score. They had 145 yards the week before. So um, they're not giving up passing touchdowns or getting up a lot of yards. Um, I think Julio goes monster this week. He's my he's my favorite overall receiver play at 8,400. I think he's a little bit underpriced. I think he scores this week and goes over 100 yards. Yeah, and he's definitely underpriced. And exactly uh, one year ago, week four, I did win, win a 5,000-person GPP coming off uh, three sort of mild Julio weeks, and Julio went nuclear for uh, or nuclear, depending on who you ask, uh, three, 300 yards in that game. Uh, so yeah, man, I'm, I'm on board with Julio too. I'm going to go back, even though the matchup doesn't look uh, beautiful on paper. Uh, I'm on board as well. I like, uh, I like a Ryan Julio stack in, uh, in some solid GPPs. I think that's going to be, uh, I think it's gonna be the best uh, quarterback receiver stack of the weekend. And I don't think it'll be too high percentage. Everybody's quoting that Buffalo defense stat about zero touchdowns passing. Uh, I love Ryan Julio this week. I think it's the way to go. Awesome. Sounds good. Uh, moving on What's to the next? afternoon games, we have the uh, we have the Giants at Tampa Bay, um, two teams that uh, went completely uh, oppo last week. The Giants looked terrible the first two weeks, played really well last week. Tampa Bay looked great in week two, week one for them, and then just they, they looked bad against the Vikings. Um, so Eli Manning, he looked terrible the first two weeks. Um, Odell Beckham was finally back to health. They they kind of changed to a quick passing offense. I watched a lot of that game. Um, against uh, against Philadelphia. I like watching Philadelphia play. Uh, a lot of quick passes for Eli. They were kind of making up for the fact the offensive line can't block anybody. Uh, the, t- the Tampa Bay pass defense was thrashed last week by Case Keenum, of all people. 369 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, do you think Eli's a play this week at 7,000? I-, I didn't think so when I started uh, looking at it, and then I looked a little bit more. Brent Grimes is questionable. Without him, he could be a good play. Yeah, so I think it, a lot of it hinges on Brent, Brent Grimes and whether he plays, and uh, to me, it's looking like he's going to. Uh, obviously, you know, the Bucks got torched last week, but they didn't have, you know, uh, Grimes, Quan Alexander, uh, and even Gerald McCoy was, uh, wasn't at full strength with his ankle issues. So, uh, you know, it, it's hard to run against Tampa Bay and, uh, it doesn't really matter because, you know, the giants, obviously that is not their strength. That is not what they're doing here. Uh, you know, somebody like Odell Beckham to me, uh, who I think will have some, uh, ownership this, this week, Somebody I'd consider uh, obviously would be a a slam dunk if Brent Grimes wasn't in the mix. But Grimes is really one of those, you know, he's one of my favorite cornerbacks personally. Uh, Just one of those really scrappy type of guys that can, you know, really give Beckham some trouble, get in his head. And so, uh, you know, with so much success, I think um, relying on uh, for Eli, relying on OBJ to be successful, um, you know, I don't think it's necessarily a very uh, high upside spot for me. 
Yeah, I was wrong on Beckham last week. I was worried about him playing full snaps, and clearly the ankle uh, the ankle was uh, a lot better. He had 13 targets, 9 catches, 79 yards. Not a lot of catches per uh, yards per catch. They really kind of were feeding him inside, but he had the two touchdowns. Both were really nice catches. Um, he's ridiculous, obviously. He's total beast when healthy. At 9,100 of Grimes plays, uh, probably uh, I will go to Julio instead. What about Tampa Bay side? Uh, you know, I don't necessarily love the matchup for Winston. Um, you know, I know he's you know probably going to continue to air out the deep balls uh, to Deshaun Jackson. Um, you know, probably he's going to be covered by uh, our, our weekly uh, uh, target boy cornerback uh, Eli Apple. Uh, no Apple jokes this week, I promise. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, what are you thinking here? You know, Mike Evans obviously, you know, is always beasting, but he's going to have a tough matchup. Um, obviously, he's bigger than everyone. He can just sort of you know reach over and grab those passes from Winston in the end zone. But uh, anything on Tampa Bay intrigue you? Yeah, I don't really like. I don't like Jameis this week. I'm not going to pay for him against the Giants secondary. I mean, Carson Wentz was at you know 300 yards the first two weeks. Comes and plays the Giants has 176 yards and one touchdown. Matthew Stafford, who's been good, had 122 yards against them. Did have two touchdowns. I think Winston's a pass for me. Uh, I wish I knew who Eli Apple was going to cover. You know, if he uh, if he card if he guards uh, Mike Evans, then I kind of like D Jack to make a big play. Seven targets each of the first two weeks. He did score last week. Uh, I'm probably just off Tampa Bay on offense for the most part. You know, I don't uh, I don't want to play Jaquiz Rogers against the Giants defense either. Um, not seeing a lot of plays from me on the Tampa Bay side. Yeah, not not too much. Um, the one thing I will note uh, about Quiz Rogers is that uh, obviously not that great, but this is kind of his last uh, last little spot here before Doug Martin comes back. And if he's got that little extra umph in his step. Um, you know, not somebody I'm going to play personally, but um, just just something I wanted to uh, throw out there that was mentioned by uh, w- one of the N- NFFC all-time money leaders, Chris Vaccaro, who uh, likes Jaquise Rogers a, little, a bit this week. Yeah, I didn't like the snap drop last week. He only played 25 snaps. Granted, they were down in that game. They're throwing a lot the second half, but uh, he's one of those guys that needs volume to be to be good. He, he was really good for us in week two, but uh, I'm probably staying away. What do we have next? I think it's going to be one of my, my favorite favorite games of the week yeah we've got uh, the la chargers at home um probably with more eagles fans than chargers fans again this week they're playing the uh, philadelphia eagles yep. uh even line over under is 47 start with the Eagles side of the ball uh, carson wentz was great the first two weeks we mentioned really struggled against the giants no one's topped 230 passing yards yet against the chargers uh, they held alex smith to 155 yards last week although some of that was game script the chiefs uh, were winning that game um, I think I'm probably uh, moving on a different direction from Wentz this week to other guys in that range. Alshon Jeffrey, 7,100. I'm just worried he's going to see Casey Hayward all day long. Uh, yeah, I, I, and we'll see about that. I, I'm, inter- I, I'm interested because I know that Casey Hayward uh, doesn't always shadow, kind of sticks to his side. But, you know, things have kind of changed with, uh, you know, uh, Jason Verrett not in the mix. Um, and so, yeah, it could be interesting um, if uh, Casey Hayward is the one that's guarding Alshon. That uh, that definitely limits his upside, makes him a tough tough play at that salary. Um, what about Ertz? I mean, obviously he's been a monster. Um, really, you know, only guy I'm sort of interested in on the Philly side of the ball. Um, second priciest tight end on the slate. The, the price keeps going up, 6900 uh, What do you think of that? Yeah, I mean, the thing I like with Ertz, he's just a target monster. I mean, he's he's tied for seventh in all of the NFL with 28 targets. Uh, he has the most of the tight ends. That's, that's tied for seventh among all receivers with 28 targets. You know, week one, he was eight for 93. Week two, he had 97 yards. Last week, he scored. Uh, my only concern is the Chargers 
killed Travis Kelsey last week. He had one catch for one yard, um, did nothing. He's obviously a beast and did nothing against them. So that's my only concern there. But, you know, Wentz just feeds Ertz. He loves throwing to Ertz. Uh, I think Ertz is one of those guys that's going to be a nice floor guy every week. He's always going to get work. It's just a matter if he scores or not. And just one more note on the Philly side is, uh, you know, a guy that I bid on a ton uh, in my season-long leagues is Corey Clement this week, uh, just for the potential that he does end up um, end up ending up, uh, you know, being the, the primary guy there. Uh, I think Philadelphia is um, sort of on the outs with Legarrette Blunt. We're going to see uh, Wendell Smallwood um, more involved this week. Uh, it's been talked about all all week in the press. Because of it, you're going to see him get some cash game love this week. Um, I don't think the Chargers are ever, um, you know, a, a great matchup, especially. Uh, on them on the road. Um, but what do you think about Wendell Smallwood in this game? Probably a little better suited for the full PPR sites. Um, is that someone you're considering if you know that he's going to be uh, uh, heavily owned? Probably not. Uh, I'm looking at his price is 5,300. So uh, there's other cheaper running backs that I, that I like instead. Um, I just wonder if uh, I'd like a game where they were a little more of an underdog and he was going to get some catches down the stretch. I think that LeGarrette Blount looked better last week, so I think he's going to get some work. Um, like you said, Corey Clement uh, had a touchdown, so he looked a little bit better last week. Uh, I think I'm off Smallwood. I think he'll probably be a decent percent owned, but uh, probably not someone I'm going to have maybe as a GPP flyer uh, on a full PPR site. Basically fade Smallwood, hope he doesn't go large, and uh, go with Mixon instead at the same price. Uh, I would. I much prefer uh, Joe Mixon at fifty six hundred. Uh, close to the same price. Agreed. What about uh, on on the uh, the Charger side? I mean, Keenan Allen, cash game viable every single week. Twenty nine targets over the last three games. Price is very reasonable. Um, is he your primary guy that you're looking at here? Yeah, I mean, I think he's more of a PP, a full point PPR play. He's only averaging ten point three yards per reception, so he pretty much has to score to be good. Because even at the big targets, it's hard for him to get a lot of yards when he's, you know, most of his stuff is underneath. Philip Rivers really struggled last week. He he has one touchdown in the last two weeks. He looked bad last week. Twenty of forty, three interceptions, just didn't not look normal. I mean, he's uh, he looked so good week one against the Broncos. Really brought them back late in that game and. He just looked bad, but the Eagles were torched by Eli last week. 360 yards, three touchdowns. We talked about that earlier. Um, Eagles were good in past D the first couple weeks. I think last week is kind of a weird fluke. Uh, I'm away. I'm off Rivers this week. I just I didn't like what I saw last week. Yeah, you know, and, and every time we have you know a bunch of these type of games, um, you know, all of a sudden Rivers comes through and has a good performance. Um, I do yep. think I like I like the pace in this uh, in this game and, and the way it's going to go. I think it's going to be a close one. Um, you know, it is really one of my favorite matchups of the week. Um, one interesting stat from um, one of our industry leaders uh, from you know League Safe, Paul Charchian, actually, uh, he wrote that eleven that the last eleven um, games that Rivers has played against non AFC West opponents, um, he's got three hundred plus passing yards in each of those games. So obviously, you know, tough defensive uh, division that he has when he steps out of that uh, sort of pocket, so to speak. Um, he's, he's been he's been money. So something to consider. One other flyer in this game, 5,200. Uh, any interest at all in Torrey Smith? He has 62 and 58 snaps the last two weeks. He's getting a lot of run. He's really playing a lot. Um, could be uh, could be no Hayward on him if Hayward's an outside in Jeffrey. Uh, Torrey Smith had 13 catches the last two weeks. Um, I don't know. It's a GPP play. It's a flyer play. 5,200. I think he gets a couple of deep shots this week. And I kind of feel he may, he might make a big play. Yeah. I mean, he, he, he essentially lines up on Casey Hayward's side. Um, we're hoping that he's not, uh, you know, 
covered by him. And, and, and so that would be the biggest, um, you know, uh, thought against it. Um, you know, the other guy that I might want to consider also is, is somebody that just has been absolutely quiet is, is Tyra Williams on San Diego side. Um, or on LA side, depending on which side of the, uh, you know, uh, of Orange <laughs> County you're on. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, some it, Travis Benjamin had the big blow up game. He's obviously, uh, you know, he, he's doing work um, all over the field and, and 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 a really good possession receiver. But I think Tyrell Williams, one of these days, is going to have those game, one of those games, and and this could potentially be the spot. Moving on to the next one, my San Francisco 49ers at 0-3, now uh, currently leading the Sam Darnold sweepstakes since the Jets won. They play uh, they play at Arizona. Arizona's favored by 7, over under 45. Uh, you know, the 49ers didn't score the first couple weeks and then blew up against the Rams. They played really well. They played hard. It was a fun game. Brian Hoyer looked good. Pierre Garçon looked awesome. Carlos Hyde looked awesome. Um, are you buying in on the Niners' offense a little bit more after that, or you just think that was kind of a one-week uh, playing the Rams kind of thing? Yeah, I mean, it was a really special spot. Uh, football had been just awful through uh, the first couple of weeks until uh, until that game. And, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, obviously Hyde and Garcon, you know, carried a lot of that game, even though Hyde was uh, was out early with a with a, a, a bothered hip. Uh, but what it comes down to is, you know, San Francisco at Arizona is just a really, really tough spot. And, and for me, um, obviously, I'm playing Hyde in my season longs. Same thing with Garcon. Uh, Patrick Peterson hasn't necessarily been all that great so far this season, but, uh, you know, just not a place I want to attack. I mean, I think in fact, I, I like the Arizona defense in this one. G- GPP flyer. I like Marquise Goodwin this week at 5,400. He has 17 targets in three games, caught a 50 yard pass against the Rams. Um, good, good game script for him. If they're trailing in the second half, which I think they will be, I think they take a couple shots to him. Obviously it's a, a boomer bust play. He's got to hit one of those shots, but, uh, at 5,400, at probably 2%, I think Goodwin uh, Goodwin can be really, really sneaky this week. I think he makes one big play. I like that, and especially because, you know, coming off, uh, you know, everybody drafted him in season long, and that first week, um, you know, wasn't shock, but definitely got a lot of attention from, uh, from, sh- from sharp DFS folks. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's going to hit, um, you know, Hoyer does continue to, uh, to target him and he's really fast, doesn't have the best hands, but, uh, you know, that speed and, and, and that ball falling into his hands is going to happen one of these days and could very well be, um, this one for a really long one. So I'm on board. Uh, what about on the Arizona side? Obviously you've got, um, Larry Fitzgerald who is, uh, he's cheap because, you know, that Monday night game, uh, was after the salaries came out. So he's coming in as the 23rd priciest receiver this week. He was, uh, he was freaking awesome in that game. I tell you what, that was impressive. Yeah. I mean, perfect matchup. Um, you know, very solid cash game play, um, you know, real cheap, uh, major advantage against slot, uh, slot corner, Quan Williams. Uh, is he one of your favorite, uh, favorite guys? Is he, is he one of the three receivers you'd pop in, in your, in your, uh, cash game lineup for the price? Yeah. 6,700. It's, it's kind of hard not to, he has 34 targets in three weeks. He's a PPR beast. He should eat against the Niners DBs. He usually does. Um, Sammy Watkins and Robert Woods had hundred yards last week against the Niners. The only downside I could see potentially is game script. If the, if the, if Arizona gets out to a, a quick lead, there, you know, their defense scores or something happens there where they get up, you know, 14 to three at halftime. You just wonder how much they'll throw. Um, but what about Carson Palmer? He's 7,400 back to back big weeks, 332 yards and 352 yards the last two weeks. Jared Goff killed the Niners last week. Um, Palmer's 7,400. I hear a lot of buzz on Palmer this week. Are, are you jumping back on Carson? He's, he's interesting. Um, you know, the, the, the price is definitely reasonable. 
Um, you know, I think for me, I want to definitely use, um, you know, Russell Wilson, um, have a little bit exposure to Rivers. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, if I'm I'm primarily built, I always build uh, three main lineups on FanDuel. One of them is always a cash game lineup. Um, I think he's in consideration for my third, uh, you know, third third team spot. And really all just depends on, you know, as the week goes on, whether I believe San Francisco can hang in this game or not. Yeah, uh, he's interesting. I just uh, I just wonder. The San Francisco defense has hung out, hung on well those first couple weeks, and then looked really bad against uh, the Rams. They have a lot of injuries. Tank Carradine, Kate Carradine was put on the IR this week. Ruben Foster is not going to play, so they, they were thin already, yeah. uh, already up front, and you know losing a couple of talented guys really hurts. Um, what about uh, sneaky forty eight hundred Andre Ellington? He had eight targets last week, um, forty nine snaps last week. Uh, maybe a maybe a PPR flyer uh, where you get full PPR points. Uh, they're really using him out of the out of the backfield a lot, catching passes. I've got him highlighted for 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 PPR sites. I think that's uh, you know really the best spot for him. I don't think Chris Johnson has looked that good, but then again, you know Chris Johnson hasn't you know facing the Dallas uh, the front isn't necessarily a good spot. Um, Chris Johnson's dirt cheap at 5,900. Um, yeah, they could pop in a touchdown here or there, but I'm not really seeing a, you know, hundred plus yard game outside of that. I mean, even, even picking between the, the other Arizona receivers is always tough. Uh, we still don't know the status on John Brown. Um, JJ Nelson is obviously their great deep threat. Um, Jaron, uh, Jaron Brown caught a touchdown pass and almost had two more last week. I mean, those guys are really good complimentary receivers, um, that really sort of traded off solid efforts over the last two weeks. So really tough to, uh, to to figure out where it goes. I think, you know, Palmer and Fitzgerald makes for a nice, solid uh, cash game play this week. Outside of that, it's really tough to uh, put your finger on where to go. Yeah, I like uh, I like J.J. Nelson at 5,900. A huge bum last week, three targets, zero catches, 5-120-1 the week before that. I think he's an interesting bounce-back guy. People will be off him at a lower percentage. Uh, the Niners are still susceptible to, to deep balls, as you saw a little bit last week with Sammy Watkins. Uh, I think J.J. Nelson getting back on at 5,900 is kind of an intriguing play. Yeah, so so a lineup just came into my head. You go with the speedsters, J.J. Nelson, Marquise Goodwin, and from there you fit in your Brady, Gronk, you know, heavy, uh, heavy running back. You got yourself a team. So we just built a team on air. Hope that's legal. There you go. I, I, I think it is. Uh, <laughs> moving on to a uh, game in Denver, Colorado this week. The Raiders are coming to town. Obviously a good rivalry. Raiders off uh, one of the worst performances I've seen in a long time. I track uh, total yards against for uh, picking games and pools and stuff. Washington outgained them 472 to 128. One of the biggest disparities mm-hmm. I've seen, and I track uh, total yards every week in every game. Uh, Derek Carr was bad. Uh, I'm not paying up for Carr this week. 7,900. I'm just not paying up, paying for guys playing at Denver this year. No, I mean, obviously, we saw the really disappointing spot with Carr last uh, Sunday on primetime and really tough matchups for Crabtree and Cooper. Um, you know, Crab was limited in practice on Wednesday, dealing with a chest injury. I think he'll be good to go. Uh, Cooper limited with a knee injury, but I think he should be fine. Um, I'm going to omit uh, a, a drop jo- a drop joke here and just uh, just say that over the last two seasons in a span of four games each against Denver, neither Crabtree nor Cooper have over 60 receiving yards in uh, any of those games. Uh, Crabtree is averaging 37 yards uh, per game over over those four games and Cooper 42. So really not a good spot for for them. Um, what do you think in terms of that opening something up for you know somebody like Jared Cook who uh, helped obviously people uh, win some money last uh, last Sunday? I think I read a stat that Amari Cooper has more drops through three weeks than Antonio Brown has the last three years. That's amazing. 
Uh, I like uh, amazing. I like Jared Cook. I mean, someone has to score for Oakland. The over under this game is forty seven. Uh, obviously, it'd be tough going on the receivers. But uh, tight ends have done well against the Broncos. Uh, Charles Clay scored last week, only had 39 yards, but had six catches and a touchdown. Jason Witten was great in week two, 10 catches, 97 yards, one touchdown. Seems like tight end might be the one susceptible. There you go. I can't. I, you messed up the word, and I did the same thing with it. Susceptible to, uh, to tight ends. Uh-huh. Uh, Jared Cook has had five, six, and six targets the last, uh, last three weeks. 5,500. He looked really good last week. Uh, he's the best play for me on the Oakland uh, offense this week. Exactly. And I think anybody that's targeting this game, that's for the most part where everyone's going to go. Um, really don't see much more than 3% ownership on, on anyone else here. Um, the one guy that I'm going to throw out there and you know that, um, you know, I just don't, I don't throw darts out just for the heck of it. Uh, but I'm probably going to have a share of Marshawn Lynch at 1% ownership. Um, you know, simply, you know, no one's going to own him. Uh, simply because how Denver stuffed Zeke last week and also because the Raiders have been babying him. Uh, you know, snap count has dropped from 50% to 40% to 30% over the last three weeks. And, you know, of course, last week was a different situation. Raiders were down early. They had a throw to catch up. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, DeAndre Washington and Jalen Richard, although both should play, are both a little limited with injuries in practice. Um, what if it's a Lynch, uh, sneaky Lynch week? GPP, 1% contrarian play. Uh, he'll definitely be low percent. I just, uh, I just wonder about the volume. They, they don't, they just don't. Like you said, they baby him a little bit. Denver killed Lashawn McCoy last week. They killed Zeke the week before that. If I'm going to go anywhere in this game, super low percent. I think it's actually going to be Amari Cooper. I know I ripped on him for the drops. Uh, he's going to be like one and a half, two percent owned this week, and he's just, a, he's a stud. He's a big play guy. The Denver, uh, Denver secondary is really, really good, but I could see Cooper getting loose for one play. Uh, maybe as a, you know, a GPP uh, small entry flyer, he could be a difference maker. Yeah, and I know that they're working on that, and as they should be uh, in practice this week on <laughs> him catching the balls. But hey, it's got to be some sort of mental block there because uh, obviously he's one of the talent, most talented receivers in the league. He is the second, uh, a second round pick for second year in a row for a reason. Uh, perhaps it turns out that we're all just wrong and he can't get over this. But uh, you know, every once in a while, it's got to hit. Never know. Nice, uh, nice little contrarian there. So one of my uh, one of my favorite plays on the in the whole slate is on the Broncos this week. Uh, but I'm gonna let you go first. Uh, anybody on the Broncos that uh, you really like? Anybody that you're looking to play this week against the Raiders? No, but I'm just probably gonna steal your thunder here and and say that it's Demarius Thomas. Tell it me is, I'm wrong. It is not. You are not wrong. <laughs> I'm not wrong. All right. You're not. Yeah. Wrong. I mean. Yeah, he's he's just really solid cash game viable. Um, the price is what really gets at me. You know, sixty nine hundred. Yep. Yeah, I mean it's so nice. Um, you know, you know most people in this industry can't can't uh, you know pass up a sixty nine hundred dollar uh, receiver. Um, so yeah, I mean it's it's a fantastic spot. Uh, a ton of targets. He has uh, eight targets week one, eight targets week two, nine targets week three. Uh, 67, 71, and 98 yards, 17 catches. The touchdowns are going to come. I think he scores this week. I think he scores twice. I think he goes over 110 yards. He is my uh, he's my favorite play at 6,900. I think he's way, way underpriced uh, against a, a Raiders defense that, that can get got. They can get got indeed, and especially uh, with Gary and Conley coverage, not really worried about. Um, you know, I think um, it's a good spot. So, yeah, what about Denver defense? Uh, 4,800 this week at home. Um, you know, the, the over-under is a little high on 47. How do you think this game goes in terms of um, a final score? And um, is Denver going to intercept Carr in this one for uh, a return touchdown? 
Yeah, I, uh, there's other defenses I like more. I mean, Denver defense obviously can make a play at any time. But if I'm going to go with a defense, I'm not going to go against a quarterback that I like. I like Derek Carr. You know, he, he was bad last week, but I like him overall. I like the Raiders offense. I just don't like them as plays this week against Denver. But um, Denver D is not someone that, I, that I'm targeting. The other guy on Denver, though, Emmanuel Sanders is also 6,900. Kind of Sebian's mm-hmm. security blanket. He had 15 targets last week. He had two touchdowns in week two. Uh, Simeon messed him a couple times last week. He could have really had a huge game. He lost a big catch on a review that I still think that uh, he caught, and uh, they, they ruled he didn't, but I thought that he did. Um, I'm surprised by Emmanuel Sanders. I, I kind of thought he was on the on the downside, and he's been really good so far this year. Yeah, and I think so from what it sounds like, there as we talk through it, there are potentially some good weapons here so uh, to, to be used in both cash and GPP. You like, uh, you, like Tre- you like Trevor Simeon at all at 7,500? Not particularly, uh, you know, obviously I think that the matchup is good with the secondary. Um, obviously if I do like Demarius Thomas, I should probably consider Simeon. Uh, but I think if I'm probably just going to sort of, uh, have a little bit of Thomas exposure on his own. So moving on to the last game of the week, uh, kind of a weird game for be Sunday night. It is the Indianapolis Colts visiting the, uh, the loud building that is, uh, the, the, the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, Seattle's a 13-point favorite. Over-under is only 41.5, so obviously a really low implied total for Indianapolis. When you have a low total and a big spread, that's not good for the Colts. Uh, I'm passing on all Colts this week. Uh, we liked T.Y. Hilton last week. I want no part of it this week. I think the Seattle defense is going to be pissed. They played really badly last week. They got mashed by the Titans, especially on the ground. Uh, I think they're going to be pissed. It's going to be a night game. It's going to be loud. It's going to be in Seattle. I like the Seattle D. I don't want anyone on the Colts offense this week. I've got no Colts, got no interest in Colts. I've got one little, you know, line in my notes about it. And so, I mean, basically you'd have to pay me to roster anyone from the Colts. So, so put it like that. That's how I feel about them. What about, uh, what about on the Seahawks side of the ball? Uh, There's a couple of interesting names. Uh, Doug Baldwin is questionable. He has the groin injury, played really well last week, but missed uh, the second half of the fourth quarter. Um, Russell Wilson was really good last week, but the game script really, really favored him. He had 49 attempts. He had 373 yards, four touchdowns. They tried to come back against Tennessee. I find it hard to pay him, even against a, a bad secondary, a bad defense. Uh, at at 7,900, it's hard to pay for him at a 13-point favorite to me. That is the that is the one problem, especially if they blow them out. But he has been very pass-heavy. Uh, you know, I want to have some exposure to Seattle, um, you know, Seattle side of the game. Uh, the one thing I will note that Vontae Davis is expected to be back for the Colts. So that's probably not a great thing for Doug, uh, for Dougie Baldwin, who's, uh, who's a, a little, probably a little slow down dealing with that, uh, bum ham- hamstring. And so what that does is I think it opens up some cash game viability to a guy like Paul Richardson, who's dirt cheap, man, 5,000, yep. uh, caught a T, t- caught a TD in each of Seattle's last two games. A very good bet to to see a bunch of targets and and possibly lead Seattle in receiving. Yeah, he has 19 targets the first three weeks. He had a couple really near misses in week three. Could have been a really huge game. Uh, Indy can hang in that game at all. I like him as a GPP guy at 5,000. I just like game script is the one thing that worries me. So on the game script side, uh, what about Chris Carson? 6,600, not super cheap. Played 41 snaps last uh, last week, but Seattle threw the ball 50 times. That's why he only had 11 carries. C.J. Procise is out, which helps him. He'll probably get a little more uh, work mm-hmm. in the passing game. Um, if Seattle uh, gets up early, it could be a lot of Chris Carson in the second half. Yeah, and, and I think you can almost see exactly the way that this scenario works out because of the craziness that is football is Chris Carson is um, the ultimate chalk, the highest priced receiver. I'm sorry, running back. Everybody has him. And Thomas Rawls comes in 
roars his way to 120 touchdowns and uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, 120 yards and two touchdowns and just completely obliterates everybody. But uh, no, it, you know, in all seriousness, I do think Car- Chris Carson is a good play. He's going to be somewhat chalky for a reason. Uh, crazy things do happen in football, uh, precise because he isn't playing and Rawls is a little closer to being fully healthy. I think we're going to see Rawls mixed in there. Uh, but Chris Carson's dynamic. He, he looks really good for a rookie. And, you know, with this projected game flow and the fact that people love these the shiny new toys, um, I think he's going to be high owned and I think he's probably a good play. I like uh, I like the Seattle defense too. They're fifty four hundred. They're the highest priced defense, so that might keep the ownership down. But Seattle's a different mm-hmm. animal at home. Like I said, that defense can be pissed. They had no sacks last week, no turnovers. Get four hundred twenty yards. To the Titans. They're going to be upset. It's going to be a night game. It's going to be loud. It's going to be yep. a young quarterback. Uh, Indy's given up eleven sacks in three games. I think Seattle defense could have a huge game. Uh, I'm going to try and find a way in a couple leagues to pay up for them. I don't love paying up for defense normally, but uh, I think uh, the Sunday night hammer with Seattle defense could be a really fun play. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that one. Uh, the other couple names that I wanted to mention, um, you know, just for posterity's sake, is uh, Tyler Lockin, who, Lockett is looking quick and, and, and healthy uh, now. Actually led all receivers last week on Seattle uh, with playing 66 of 73 snaps. Um, not somebody who's cash game viable, um, you know, is really big play dependent. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, if, if Baldwin isn't at full strength, he is somebody that uh, could be like a large field uh, a tournament play. And the other guy that I'll mention is Jimmy Graham, who obviously has been used a lot more for blocking, uh, more than they would like him to. Um, he missed practice on Wednesday with an ankle injury that he suffered two weeks ago. I uh, don't think it's too much of a worry. You're not going to see a lot of people paying up for Jimmy Graham uh, because Ertz is only 700 more. Um, just someone else to uh, potentially consider, um, especially if Baldwin is, is out of the mix. Any of these other guys interest you, or is it mostly because you don't like the way the this game is going to flow that you're not going to go too heavy in the passing offense. Yeah. If I'm going to go passing offense, I'm going to go Paul Richardson. If I'm going to go running, I'm going to go Carson. Um, even though the, you know, scenario mentioned could happen, but uh, Seattle defense is probably my favorite play in this game. But uh, Paul Richardson on some GPPs for, you know, having uh, having someone in the late game is probably the most interesting guy to me in that game. All right. I think we, we handled that pretty well. So uh, for a quick, a quick recap, just to kind of go over our top plays um, at quarterback, who, uh, who's your top overall play? Who's kind of your top mid range or cheaper play? Uh, you know, I still like Russell Wilson in, in this one. I just think that the price is really good. I want to have some of that Sunday night exposure uh, tough for me to pay up for, for Brady uh, might be a little crazy, but Wilson's my top play at the moment. Mine is uh, mine's Matt Ryan. I really like Matt Ryan this week, uh, as I mentioned before. I'm hoping Buffalo can hang in the game. If they do, I think he goes off this week. Uh, my top mid-range guy, probably either Carson Palmer or Eli Manning. Okay, yeah, we're on different pages this week. Uh, for me, it's it's Rivers or Deshaun Watson. I think Rivers goes for 302 in a high-paced game. Uh, Watson, I want to have some GPP exposure with with Hopkins. Um, I think he'll, he can put up a few points with his legs as well uh, against that Titans secondary. So those are the two mid-range guys that interest me. What about uh, any quarterbacks that you're you're on, you're a complete fade on? You're going to have no uh, no ownership of? Uh, boring, but you know, Carr and Ben are my answer, and Ben Roethlisberger and, and Derek Carr, kind of an easy out. But I think those two guys, I'm, I really want no part of this week. How about uh, give me a sneaky low percentage play? Any price? Someone that you like uh, that's going to be low percentage that might uh, might help some GPP lineups. Uh, probably Tyrod for me. I mean, I really like the value he offers as, as a, yeah, I like the value offers as a rusher. Thinks he's, he, I think he's going to get into the end zone himself once and, and throw at least one touchdown pass. And, you know, I like him on this fast track. So I'm interested. I think Buffalo hangs in this game. 
Mine, uh, mine is uh, Trevor Simeon. I think that uh, if Oakland can hang in that game, make a little bit of a shootout, pretty uh, pretty high over under that game. I think he could throw three touchdowns on in that game. What about running back? Who, who's your top overall play there? I think it's uh, I think it's Zeke. Uh, kind of boring and high percentage. I think I like him more than Bell and Freeman, and a little bit more than McCoy this week. I think McCoy's kind of the kind of the sneaky um, of the more expensive guys if he gets a lot of catches. But uh, Zeke Zeke for me is the top overall play. Zeke is mine as well, and just wanted to mention that I'm definitely interested in Mr. LeSean McCoy this week. What about uh, what about the min rage? Uh, my guy's Dalvin Cook. I think he's going to be high percent. I think he's gonna, I think he's underpriced. I think he's going to move up next week. At 7,500, it's it's hard for me not to play Cook in a bunch of lineups. I uh, have the same guy as my top mid range play, and perhaps we have the same cheap play minus uh, Carson, unless you don't consider him cheap. Uh, no, nope, I know my, who yours is. Mine is uh, mine is, is mine is Joe Mixon. Ta-da. And uh, Nixon's what? kind of my sneaky low percentage guy, too. I don't think he's going to be a lot of people on him. He hasn't really broken out yet. Um, I think this is the week that he breaks out, gets a ton of usage. I love him against the Browns this week. What about a sneaky low percentage play for you? Uh, I think I think it's I think it's Mixon again. I, I don't think a lot of people have him. Um, my uh, The guy that I don't like this week is Todd Gurley. I think I'm a, I'm a fade on Gurley at 8,000. I'm hoping some people have him. I don't know how many people will, but uh, he's a fade for me this week. That is my listed fade. I believe we are on the same page, and I think a lot of people will be as well this week. Uh, as far as my sneaky low percentage guy, I do have um, Lynch, not somebody I'm going to play on any of my three primary lineups, but somebody I'm going to have exposure to in tournaments. Um, only other guy I'll m- mention, only because Matt Forte is out, is Bilal Powell. Um, you know, Jacksonville rush defense does appear to be their one weak spot. They've allowed 4.8 yards of carry to opposing backs. Um, you know, and Powell's going to be involved as a pass catcher if the game script falls negative, as we assume that probably will for the Jets. My uh, my top overall play at wide receiver, uh, no surprise from if anybody listened to this uh, listened to this already. Julio Jones is my top play. I love I love Julio this week. I think he scores twice. I think he goes over 100 yards. I think uh, I think the full breakouts here this week with Julio. I like it. Uh, I have two listed, and it's uh, AJ Green and Julio. I like them both. Going to be tough to get them both in, um, but those are my two. What about mid range guys for you? Uh, love Demarius Thomas, uh, probably my favorite play this week at 6,900. I also love Chris Hogan at the same at a similar price. Uh, I think he's underpriced. I don't think they've moved him up yet. I think they use him really well. Like I said, I think that so much attention goes to Gronk and Cooks. I love Chris Hogan at the price. And I always cheat on these because you, you you know you have you you got me listing two mid range options. I've got four, and I'll I'll make my decision here. But uh, I like Keenan Allen, right. DeAndre Hopkins, Demarius Thomas, and Fitz. Uh, if I had to pick two of them for me this week, it would be Demarius and Hopkins. What about uh, what about a cheaper play? Mine is Rashard Matthews at, at six thousand. I think he's underpriced. I really like Rashard Matthews this week. I think I think he's going to uh, bring value to that price easily. For me, Paul Richardson, uh, more so in cash games, and uh, sneaky Devin Funches in GPPs. Uh, I like Funches too. A lot of targets. Uh, my sneaky mm-hmm. low percent play. Uh, no surprise from listening to this so far is Marquise Goodwin. I think nobody will be on him against Arizona. I think he makes a big play. And uh, mine that I had been saving for later is Kenny Galladay. And oh, so wow. after his uh, yeah first uh, first game uh, with the two touchdowns, uh, kind of quiet. Everybody's off of him. One two percent play. Uh, you know, Marvin Jones is is going to be um, covered handily. Uh, Tate will be open a little bit, but I think Galladay in Trey Wayans' coverage, if that is is going to be the case, um, is what I like this week. And my super random one uh, long shot, 
I'm sorry, not a long shot, but a long touchdown um, is going to be Taylor Gabriel. I think he breaks along once a week. Um, random, but I like it. I like it too. He's uh, he's sneaky when he gets the ball in space. He's very explosive. Uh, at tight end, my top overall play is Gronk. My top mid-range play is Jared Cook. Um, kind of boring on those two. Um, I like Ertz also. My sneaky low percentage play is Ryan Griffin. Uh, where, do you, where do you fall on tight ends? I'm with Ertz, uh, especially in the primary coverage of uh, linebacker Jatavis Brown, top mid-range guy, keeping it super uh, super easy with Jared Cook. Jack Doyle is my fade, and a sneaky low percentage play for me would be Austin Safarian Jenkins on the cheap. Those are uh, Safarian Jenkins and Griffin are going to be some low percent guys. Hopefully, we could hit there. That'd be that'd be really nice. What about the defenses? Who do you like the best? My my top overall play is Seattle. Uh, they're the most expensive one. Uh, pretty uh, pretty clear there. Night game against Indianapolis. My top cheaper play is Cincinnati. I think Deshaun Kaiser just is prone to a lot of mistakes. And my favorite sneaky play is actually Dallas. I don't think they'll be they'll be too highly owned. I think they make some I think they make some plays, especially late in the game. Yeah, I like Arizona a lot in this one. Uh, really don't mind paying up for uh, Seattle this week if I can make it work. And a sneaky low percentage play for me is the Ravens against Road Ben. Uh, that's an interesting one. Ben can sometimes force some stuff. That's uh, That will be definitely be low percentage. I don't think a lot of people are going to try and uh, attack the Steelers like that. Are we going to throw them some kickers here like last week? Uh, I have not looked uh, looked too much at kickers. Why don't uh, Why don't you go ahead and I'll tell you if I like them or not. All right. Uh, I think we're going to see some chalk on. Uh, and again, when we say chalk, I mean, we're not talking like 50 percent here. Um, you know, absolute insanity. But, uh, you know, a lot of people chasing uh, box scores from the previous week. You'll see some Ryan suck up action, especially with Houston's defense potentially being able to, to, to stop that offense. Um, Ryan Suckup will be in the mix. And of course, uh, Blair Walsh in Seattle with the game script and people probably, um, you know, wanting to have some exposure to that night game as well. Yeah, I think uh, I think Matt Bryant at home against the against Buffalo is going to be uh, going to be a pretty good one for me. I also like Dan Bailey a lot this week. Uh, home yeah. against the home against the Rams, forty nine hundred. Uh, I think he's probably my favorite kicker of the week. Um, if I'm going super low percent, I'm going to go Young Way Koo to break out this week. Home against the Eagles, I think the Chargers move the ball. Maybe don't get in the end zone. I think Koo makes uh, three field goals to be uh, at about one percent because nobody trusts him right now. We are we just in sync, man. This is crazy. I, I have I have this show ending on coup, and oh, nice. so that's perfect. Beautiful. Yeah, Let, let's wrap this baby up. Beautiful. Well, thanks everybody for listening to the RotoWire NFL DFS podcast week four. We are sponsored by FanDuel. Thank you to them. If you want to follow us on Twitter, ask us any questions. I am at Scott Jenstead, J E N S T A D. Vlad is at RotoGut, R O T O G U T. We're happy to answer questions there. Uh, look at, uh, follow us there. We'll probably uh, list some more plays before the weekend, too, uh, guys, that, uh, you know, b- based on some injury news, that kind of stuff. Other than that, hope everybody has a great week four. Just one note, we'll be at you next week, actually on Thursday night. I will be out of town traveling a little bit, so we're going to be doing it on Thursday night. We'll be back at you with a full slate, but just so you know, just so you know, we'll be a day later. Uh, other than that, thanks everybody for listening. I hope you have a great week four.
This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.